0: The following podcast contains language that is not suitable for everybody. Well, then let's rock and roll with issue 253 of Super Skull. 253! 253. 253! 253. time to celebrate! Let's celebrate for the week of November 6, 2019 of your weekly new Comic Day Audio Digest. I'm here with Curtis Sullivan. Hello, The man himself. It's me,
1: the man. Who is
0: he? The legend.
1: I am a legend. Thank you.
0: You know you are a legend.
1: I've heard this. I was in Cedar Point one time and somebody told me, you're a legend. Cedar Point is a theme park in another state. Did
0: somebody really tell you that in a theme park?
1: I was waiting in line to get on a ride and somebody turned around and said, hey you, it's that guy from the comic book shop. <laughs> and I and I they didn't tell me I was a legend, but uh, oh you damn. you added that I part added that part. We were in another state, and I was like, holy shit, I'm in another state right now.
0: And somebody Boom. recognized you from the comic shop. My dumbass from the comic shop, killing it. They a didn't legend. even hear your sweet voice. I bet they they well actually did. they probably did because you're kind of a loudmouth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you have a very distinctive voice. I've heard this. <laughs> So maybe, yeah. who knows how many people just like heard you screaming on a roller coaster and was like, was that the dude from Super Skull? Is that that dipshit from the comic book store? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Yeah. It's great to be here again with you, my friend. It's great to be here with you. It's great to be recording another uh, episode of Super Skull, which if you are listening to this episode of mm-hmm. Super Skull, maybe you can leave us a review. Hey, we we ask people every week at the top of the show to do a few
1: things for for us. Sure, because we do f- for them. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, you're
0: we, talking about an equitable exchange. I think so.
1: Yeah. So the first thing we ask is leave a five star review. Nothing sure. less than a five star review. We deserve it. Wow. Yeah, I think we do. We put in put in work. Okay. For you listen the to listener. the show, you think it's five star material? I, I think like like you know it's probably four point seven, but you can't leave that number
0: since you can't so do round increments. up. It's better than four. Yeah.
1: It's it, definitely better than so four. So we'll call it five. Call it five. Um, so please re- leave a review and, and tell a pal to, to do as well if they listen. That'd please be cool. Give us a review.
0: That'd be cool. And hey, why not? Also, since you're already leaving us a review and being so nice to us, yep. uh, you know you can donate to the show? Did you know you can donate to the show? I had heard this. You can. Maybe a buck an episode, $5 mm-hmm. a month. It's really, really easy to do on our website, superskullshow.com slash donate. Uh, leave us a little bit of money. This is uh, this is a show that costs money, mm-hmm. and it uh, is very, very much appreciated uh, to help us cover the the production costs of this show. Yeah,
1: we we ask a, a buck an episode is a is a nice way to go.
0: Yeah, and we'll say roughly a buck an episode. Yeah, yeah, because you can just do five dollars a month. Five dollars a month. You can do more than that if you want. You can. We have some very generous listeners that I love very, very, very much that I love more than the rest of you, no offense, that leave us a little bit more than that That's every month. And it's very, very much appreciated. It actually makes this entire thing possible. So uh, if, you, uh, if, you, if you've if if you, you got the you've got the skrill and you've got the time, as I like to say. That's something yeah, I've heard the, you say that, the, in numerous cl- times. The classic uh, saying that I have, you got the skrill and you got the time, maybe five bucks a month. Click that super, donate button. Maybe for Super Skull. Do it. do it. You want to do a little in the news? Let's do some. Let's earn some money. Hey, you know what? Huh? Let's earn this. Let's earn that money. Yeah. So maybe you're on the fence, you don't know if you want to donate to Super Skull. I think after you hear our next segment, <laughs> you'll be moved to do so. You'll
1: leap immediately off the fence. Yeah. What do we got today,
0: (laughs) Nick? What do we got for In the News? We got some In the News. We've got uh, some notes that Curtis left. Oh, I'll do all these In the Newses. Something about Chip Zdarsky. I
1: got my latest Chip Zdarsky newsletter in my inbox this week. Yep. It's called It's Chip Zdarsky's Newsletter, okay? And I love it. It's a gem. Who is he? He is a comic book writer who writes just a million billion comics. He's daredevil spider-man like story
0: prolific at the moment
1: hugely prolific he writes a lot of marvel stuff he did like a wackadoo uh howard the duck comic a few years ago that's just outrageously good dude can write comics um and it got me thinking hey i love chip Zdarsky. Yep. You know, and so we wanted to recommend his newsletter over the course of this show for sure but um he also has a couple new projects yeah that were pretty exciting that we want to talk about as well so well, uh, I don't know if I'm excited about it. I want you speak for yourself. Oh, here? okay, fine. Sure. You could hear. How about this? You convince me to be excited. I will. About it. I will. He's got a new comic book coming out about Franklin Richards from Marvel Comics.
0: Franklin Richards. Yeah. Who's that?
1: That's the son of Reed Richards, Mm -hmm. who is Mr. Fantastic, the stretchy guy from Fantastic Four. Yep. And Sue Richards, who is the invisible woman, also of the Fantastic Four. Okay. This is pretty exciting because, well, he's a great writer, and that's fun, and Franklin Richards is a cool character. But did you know, Nick, this guy, Franklin Richards, also a mutant?
0: No, I didn't know that. He's a mutant, dude. He's a mutant?
1: Yes. And- His parents are not mutants. They are not. (gasps) But he carries the mutant gene, Oh, all right. so he is a mutant. He's a very, very powerful one, and he's been invited to come live on Krakoa, which is the which is the X Men's
0: island, dude, where all the mutants live. So you're saying that it ties in Franklin Richards and this new Chip Zdarsky series uh-huh. ties into all of the crazy Jonathan Hickman esque big X Men stuff that's been happening recently. Correct. Okay. It's
1: a little mini series, and I and from what we know, it's going to explore kind of. Um, The attempts of uh, the mutant nation to lure Franklin into their ranks because you want him, you want him on the team. He is a extremely powerful individual who is capable of like rewriting reality. Ah, shit. He's a he's a big deal.
0: That always goes Um, well.
1: So and Chip Chip is really good at like family stuff and like character dynamics. So this should be a fun little book. It's called X Men Fantastic Four. There's going to be four issues. I'm into it. Cool. And that was just announced. That was just announced. That's why it's news. That's why it's news. Cool. Yeah. Also, he has a book over at Image Comics with Matt Fraction mm-hmm. called Sex Criminals. He draws that one. He draws that one. He typically writes, but this one he draws. This book's been a hiatus for a little bit, a little six months or something like this. Mm-hmm. It's coming back, Nick. Yep. Yep. So I guess that's news. That's Is that news?
0: We'll count it as news. That book is wild and good. Super great. And, and- I'm, I'm excited that it's coming back because I, I want an excuse to read all of it. Again, sit, sit down and do a reread. Sit down and do a reread. Mm-hmm. Matt Fraction, I always forget, because he has been working a little bit more sparingly over the past few years. Yeah, Hasn't been doing as much comic stuff, and every time I read anything that dude has written, I'm always reminded, like, oh, yeah, this is one of the best writers in comics.
1: No, you forget about him for a minute, and then you, then you pick up like he's doing Jimmy Olsen right now, and you're like, holy shit, this guy can write. Yeah. Um, so this is exciting. This is a great book. It's one of Images kind of like breakout hits of the last- few years mm-hmm. uh, and it's coming back uh, in early
0: 2020 the pr- what's the premise of that book I love the premise of this Man, book it's so, so good
1: much. so uh, a woman uh, who is a librarian uh, learns that when she orgasms yes she can freeze time yes and so the whole world stops moving for a period of time but she can still move around in it eventually she meets another person with this same ability. And they have climactic sex and decide that they're gonna rob banks uh to fund if, you know, I mean they're they're they have a goal. They have a goal, they're gonna fund their local library and keep their local library open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one she but they're gonna at.
0: use their orgasm superpower.
1: Yeah. It's really good. Dude, there's like orgasm time police. It's clever as hell. It's yeah. you know, in and, and that sounds like a wacky premise, and it it is, to be sure. But there's a serious, cool.
0: It's also a look at this relationship and like the nature of sex and like it's structurally really, really cool the way. I mean, all of Matt Fraction books are doing weird things with pacing and with language. It's got a great sense of humor. I love that book so much. And Chip Zdarsky has really good art.
1: He really, really does. Yeah. He promised us that he has forgotten how to draw, though. Yeah. uh, For this one.
0: So that's nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. That's our news. It's just Chip Zdarsky- it's just Chip Zdarsky. Centric.
1: Yeah. It, well, and one more thing while we're talking about it. Uh, Spider-Man Life Story, uh, the graphic novel just came out. And this is like what, this is Chip Zdarsky again, when what if Spider-Man uh, aged real time and everything that happened to him really happened to him. And he was a, like a real person, kind of. Mm-hmm. And every issue is a decade. It's the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And this is, he did six issues and it's all in one book.
0: And it's like- all of Spider-Man's greatest hits, yeah, kind of compressed and messed around with in terms of time, but Peter Parker is aging. Correct. As and, the as the book goes on, as each issue goes on, he's 10 years older.
1: Yes, and, and the world ages and things change and it's harder for him to put on the suit and yeah. it's really, really good and and pretty damn heartfelt. Yeah. There was a lot of moments in this book that'll shake you up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was cool and it's out now, so
0: there Bet. you go. Chip Zdarsky.
1: Yes, brought to you by Zidarsko Inc.,
0: Yes, yeah. I knew you would love that newsletter. God damn, it's good. It's really, really funny.
1: Yeah, you should totally sign up for it, uh, listeners, because it will make you laugh. Every week you will laugh hard. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. And you want that. You know, laughter's good for something. I would love to
0: laugh hard.
1: Again, for once. Just once. <laughs> we did it. That's that's the Zadarsky News. All the news that you Zdarsk All to know. All the
0: news that's fit to chip. Do you want to uh, talk about our Vault of Midnight's Book of the Month? I certainly do. For the month of November. I want to so bad, Nick. You read it, I take it? I did. I decided to do that for once. That's pretty cool. To the... read something we're going to talk about. So let's talk about Eleanor Davis's new book, The Hard Tomorrow. Okay. And it is Vault of Midnight's Book of the Month, like I said. Every month we
1: we painstakingly select a title. The I best. Th- I think. The best book. I
0: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is pretty new. The Hard Tomorrow came out just a few weeks ago. Yes, hot off the presses. It's hot off the presses. Be careful. Be careful. So Eleanor Davis is the author of You, a Bike, and a Road, uh, How to Be Happy, Why Art, and several other books. Lots and lots of other stuff. She is an Eisner nominee. She is a multi Ignatz award winner. She's been featured in Best American Comics three times. She is the winner of the Russ Manning Award and... An award I've never heard of, the Theodore Seuss Geisel Honor.
1: That's, to me, that seems huge.
0: That's like, a. that is a prize for all ages writers and cartoonists.
1: I mean, that's utterly amazing. That's cool. No, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss is like th- the dude. Yeah. I mean, wow. That's that's up there. That's incredible.
0: And I'm just glad that there is such an award.
1: That is, That needs to exist, and I'm glad that it does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Eleanor right Davis won it. Um, why art knocks me on my ass. It is kind of like a little meditation on art and like representation and it is amazing. It's really, really good. It's a quick little read it's uh, but I highly recommend it. And that put i'm I'm sh- ashamed to say that that's what put Eleanor Davis on my radar. i was I had not read her stuff previous to that, um, but now I've read all of it. Because I'm in love.
1: No, I need to. Um, I've been told over and over again, and I just, I just didn't get around to it. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been like, always. Is like, this the first Eleanor Davis this you is read? The first one I've read. Hey, cool. I know. So uh, literally, when I go to the comic book store next time, I'm gonna grab every single book. Yes. And just do a full on the back crush.
0: of reading the heart tomorrow. Yes, correct. Yeah, because it is a knockout, y'all. So let's get into it. We have uh, in the heart tomorrow. Here's our cast. We've got Hannah. Mm-hmm. We do. So Hannah works in elder care. She lives in the woods in a trailer. Uh, Like a truck bed kind of? Truck bed, trailer kind of thing. Yeah. Not like a mobile home per se, but like something that you drag behind your car when you're going camping. Right. What do you call those things? Like an RV? No, no.
1: Oh, okay. No, it's like a, oh man, I cannot remember it. It's like a, Some form of camper, but yeah.
0: you get it. They live in a camper. Yeah. They live out in the woods. They've got this little plot of land. uh, And she lives with uh, her partner, Johnny. And Johnny's uh, job is to what? He hangs out and smokes pot. Yep. And uh, he's going to build them a house. But he's got to hit this weed pipe just one more time. yep. Yep. And then he's going to get right on it. And his quote unquote income is... Maybe buying and selling weed. Or maybe he's just kind of like bartering weed for more weed, I think, as (laughs) Hannah says at one point. (laughs) Right. Um, And they're kind of trying to live this, you know, they're trying to live, this is a cheesy way of saying it and like probably the wrong way of saying it. They're trying to live an alternative lifestyle. They're trying to live off the grid a little bit. Yeah. It, right.
1: And it strikes you as like that kind of perfect life when you hear people talk about like live your best life. Yeah. Right. This is what they're trying to do. They want to build their dream home, they yes. want to have, you know, agency over where they live and they want how to they eat. And... Grow
0: their own food. Yeah. And they're trying to start a family, they're trying to get pregnant. Right. And then we have uh, Gabby. Gabby is uh, Hannah's best friend. She is an activist for this organization that Hannah is also a part of: H A A V, Humans Against All Violence.
1: Sounds like a pretty cool organization. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I
0: mean, on paper, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Gabby and Hannah are very, very close. They are best friends. Everybody, when they see Hannah, they're like, "Where's Gabby?" That's the, those are the kind of buds that they are. Totally. We open the book with Hannah getting a haircut, and it looks a lot like Gabby's haircut.
1: Yep, because she is a little obsessed, and everybody uses that in a cute way throughout the book. Because you know that Hannah really looks up to Gabby and thinks she's a smart, cool lady. Yep, uh, who's got stuff to you know to teach her.
0: Yeah. Yes, we also have Tyler. Tyler's Johnny's friend. He's like, he is a different shade of off the grid. Living, he is kind of a zealot and an asshole. He's the kind of he's the type of dude that like drinks Red Bull all day and buys MREs, and that's all he wants to eat. Right, kind of thing.
1: Definitely has an AR fifteen with a bump stock. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and he also has all the practical skills to like actually live off the grid in a way that Hannah and Johnny want to. But uh, Tyler is a total asshole. Right. So don't be like Tyler. Is the message that we're given. That's
1: the trade-off. Like,
0: building a house is pretty cool. But yes. being an asshole, not cool. Not cool. Yeah. And really, this is the kind of the trade-off that we see. Like, you can be a part of a community, or you can, like, be alone in the woods and let it drive you slowly crazy. But we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, so these are kind of the stakes as we are entering into the book. The uh, Hannah is on her way to uh, a meeting of Humans Against All Violence because they're planning a protest. Right. They're protesting uh, sarin gas and chemical weapons. This is kind of like their focus at the moment. And the whole book, by the way, takes place over like probably just a few days, like Like, three or four days maybe.
1: Yeah, it's pretty real time, which is, I think, integral to- the way Eleanor Davis tells a story, right? That really affects kind of how this impacted me for sure. In what way? Just uh, because you're seeing it day to day. Like they wake up in the morning and they live their full day. Mm-hmm. And then the next, you know, they go to sleep and they wake up again. You can see like the consequences and the thread of of every day's actions. And, yes. And um, it, it's really interesting. You typically don't get that right in fiction. You're always skipping time and, um, yeah, you know, moving around uh and not in real time, right? right? So I think it has a pretty powerful effect. And
0: we're packing a lot of stuff into this pace that Eleanor Davis uses. Um, and she makes a really good use of the pace, like pretty consistently, which we'll come back to a little bit in a second. So uh, they eventually, uh, that they, we have this big protest and the cops start to crack down. You get the sense that like, and this was probably written, I would assume, as uh, we're getting a little bit anxious about, like, Antifa and about, like, what the protest is for and violence at protests. Sure. Right? And the cops crack down on this movement and a bunch of the committee members get arrested, which kind of spirals things out of control a little bit and, like, drives things to a head. And all of this is kind of just in service of, like, revealing things about each of these characters. Right. Um, Or is Johnny ever going to build this house? Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, Hannah is really into this protest movement because she's really hopeful about the future. And what does that mean when the protest movement like kind of starts to fold and like the practical realities of like, you know, having to deal with the police kind of reveal themselves.
1: But at the same time, she she really, really, really wants to be a mother and start a family and, and like the real life. Yeah, it's a balancing act of of real life and your desires with how much you're willing to give yeah. to contribute to like the you know the movement slash the betterment of everyone, right? Yeah, and it it feels real.
0: So we have. Um Once uh, the police start to crack down and start arresting members of this movement, there's another big protest. And this one gets a little bit more intense. There's some violence, there's some like destruction of property. And uh, this is just like building all of the tension up to a head and we won't totally spoil how it ends. Um, but it just it goes further to kind of like serve like it it makes everyone all of the characters in the book kind of it highlights what actually they're looking for yeah and you know the how complicated real life is when you have these desires when like when you want to have a family or when you want to make your partner happy or when you are like uh you you want to be a part of this thing that is banging its head up against like you know the, the police state or whatever.
1: Yeah. And there's a real sense of one of my favorite things about this book is that there, there is a weight to these decisions. You, characters do a thing and then there is an effect. Whatever yeah. it is. They get arrested or something happens. And I mean it felt real. And we've all done that in our own lives where you've made a choice and then immediately those, the ramifications – you know, not all bad. That's not what I'm saying, but there are there's consequences or an effect yeah. to the choices that you make, and you you just really feel that in this book. There's a couple of really cool moments where you get a sense that these characters are struggling to make, make choices that have gravity yeah. and make it all work exactly.
0: And that's my favorite theme of the entire thing. So, if there's anything at work here. And there's a lot of stuff at work. Like, it's a really, really well-done book. It's fun to read. It moves really, really well. It's got, like, a lot of really neat characters and a lot of really touching stuff. But one of the, one of the themes that I could not—that I still can't stop thinking about. I've read this book three times. So I can't get enough of it. It's, like, the contradiction and the nuance of every single character in this book. So you have Hannah, and she wants to be a radical counterculturalist, but she also wants the stability of building a family. Right? Sure. And that means you have to be optimistic about the future, but you also need to have material stuff like a house. Like, we have to build this house. Right. Right. Johnny seems, from the beginning of the book, he seems like a bum. He seems like a a dude who's maybe like mooching off of his girlfriend's enthusiasm a little bit and who just wants to sit around all day smoking pot. Yeah, not highly motivated. Yeah, yeah but sure. he loves his partner so much. And as soon as she gets serious about it and he sees that she's serious about it, he starts building this house and he wants to do right by her, even though he's kind of a fuck up. Mm-hmm. And so he's not as simple as he seems like he is at first. And then you got this protest movement, right? H-A-A-V. And it's full of these earnest, thoughtful people. Like none of them are caricatures of like protesting hippies in any way. They're all like really thought out, fleshed out people.
1: No. And I thought it was nice because you don't see a lot of these characters, but you see enough to identify that they are real. And, you know, you probably know a few of these folks in your own life Absolutely. They, they felt like real people yes yeah. and they
0: want to They want to change the world like they earnestly want to change the world like in a meaningful impactful and non-violent way and uh, they all roll over for the police once a crackdown happens right. they all sell out the movement when this crackdown occurs because real life has like slapped them in the face
1: you've got kids you've got exactly. you know, immigration status or exactly. whatever and none
0: yeah. of you don't get the sense from any of it that it's like venal or like Or that these people were shallow in their beliefs, but it's just that they were confronted with, like, you know, the shitty reality of this brutal cop crackdown. Yep. And the cop—so this is my—one of my favorite scenes in this whole book. So we have Hannah at the beginning of the book gets pulled over by a cop, and uh, Hannah uh, is—was looking at a baby out of the window, and she, like, rolls a stop sign or something. Yeah. And the cop— comes up to her and Hannah's like, takes her hands off the steering wheel and she won't say anything. And the cop is like really funny and charming. Right. And like right. jokes around with her. And Hannah says, I was looking at a baby. And the cop's like, well, you can take one of my kids. And like, you immediately, right off the bat, you're like, okay, here we go. Here comes the cartoon cop that's like a real jerk. Right. And they she's human and has a dimension and like jokes around with Hannah. But then that same cop shows up later and is part of this, police crackdown and is
1: and is pretty zealous about
0: cracking down absolutely you know and that so we have then we have like this like somersaulting almost of character like it's a cop that's bad oh she's a funny cop oh wait she is very very violent and part of this like horrible thing that's happening at this protest and none of it is simple Like, at this second rally, we have—and it it seems really righteous, right? Like, their friends—at this second rally where after their friends get arrested uh, and they organize this second protest—
1: No, tensions are high. People are fired up. Yes. They're still sticking to their, their, you know, nonviolent stance. They are determined to be
0: nonviolent, but they are, like, asserting their—they are protesting legitimately, right? And uh, there are— but there are violent elements within the movement, and like people that see a protest happening and want to just like smash stuff right and it happens because there is a protest happening, even though it was like maybe a just protest, and this car window gets smashed, and as Hannah and Gabby are walking home afterwards, they pass by this dude who's like, "This was my car like did like did you guys do this? did your right. friends do this
1: and the, And the implication is that it's just a it's just a person who that was their car that was their car and now they're you know that you know, if your windshield gets smashed out and you're a normal human being, that's a medium to catastrophic financial yeah. shit show,
0: and that's not Hannah and Gabby's fault. Nope. But it's a little bit their fault, just because they were involved in the thing that inspired the protest that led to the violence. Right. Right. And it's just complicated. So. Because they should protest, and because they should y- yeah, protest this is bullshit. But yeah. so nothing is simple, and everybody's right and also wrong, and you can't navigate real life in this book or in or in actual life without like the capacity to hold two valid and sometimes contradictory thoughts in Absolutely. your head at the exact same time. And Eleanor Davis nails it perfectly.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's the understated. Stuff I don't know how she gets so much done with so little. The scene where uh, Gabby runs the stop sign and the cops there, you in one page yes. with not a ton of dialogue. It's a, it's a combination of body language and just everything. Both of these characters that are interacting are putting up the front that we all put up and you know this. Like, they're coming at a situation, you know, with their representative, not with their real self. Yes. Like we all do with a stranger or in a tense situation or yeah. something. And then the way it slowly kind of uh, moves away from that and they get a sense of each other. Yes. It's just really fucking cool. And and it's the work of a master cartoonist. It is really, what it really is. Is. This is. Most people cannot do this kind of heavy lifting with eight panels. Yes. I mean, that's just ridiculous.
0: So there is one. Speaking of, like, just the masterful way that she just as a from like a cartooning perspective so we're at the first protest and on one page we have uh, the protests like kicking off right and we see the chanting we see a bunch of people with signs We see the organizers, like the head of the organization, like managing the press that's showing up because you need to like manage these things to make sure that your message gets out properly. And then you've got these dudes that are like knocking stuff over and Hannah freaks out. Right? And Hannah's like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? Right. And so, and, but Gabby, just like Gabby, her best friend, just like takes control of the situation and goes over and talks to these guys, like, hey, there are vulnerable people here. Not everybody can risk arrest. Like, sure. And all of this is happening while the protest chants are still going. This is one page. Yep. So much work and characterization and like foreshadowing and pacing happens on this page. It's masterfully done. Indeed. And that's yep. every page of this book. It's like cuz it's a quick read is the other it thing. It really is.
1: You're going to read this I mean it maybe an hour. Yeah. You know.
0: And it like is so effective at giving you such a sense of the stakes and of these people and of like the contradictory the the contradictions inherent in the whole thing. Right. It's so well done.
1: It's really really cool. Um it hit me pretty pretty uh, hard, man. I I really love this book. Um I remember being a young 20-year-old person with uh, a new, a new uh, wife and a new, uh, with a baby on the way, our first baby on the way. 20 years old. 20 years old. And um, I was living in a, my mom's garage yeah. and we were relocating from Michigan to Florida mm-hmm. and we didn't have anywhere to stay for almost two months. So we were essentially living outside. I mean, this garage was an old garage, an unfinished garage that we kind of you know, doctored up, we hung you know tapestries from the walls and and shit. Sure, but uh, I mean I could really really relate to this. I was uh, in, but this is before you didn't I, smoke pot though, did you? I smoked a ton of pot. <laughs> I was a total dipshit and uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I thought I was a hard worker, but I had no idea what hard work. This is before I got any sort of a work ethic. I've had a couple of half-ass jobs and yeah. You know, was on my way to get a get a real job. I yeah, thought, and babies on I the did. way, and babies on the way. And it was just we had no money and we just you know. Winter was coming just like in this book they talk about, you know. Uh we got to get this house together before it gets freezing cold, man. Mm-hmm. We can't sleep outside in the winter, dude. And uh we had that same kind of we could see uh how much time we had and didn't know how we were going to get to where yeah. we needed to go yeah. in time. Um and it all worked out, but uh I mean it's just this is a very realistic book. I I thought That struck I, you I, in that
0: way, especially like just, their their new life trying to get pregnant, yes. starting off and kind you of.
1: just have a million questions, and you don't care because you want the thing, and you, you're gonna, yeah, you know, and you're you'll 20, figure it out. So you're kind you know, of an idiot. You're a total dipshit. Right. You have no clue, and uh, yeah, and you'll, and yeah, everything will. You assume at that point that everything will work itself out because mm-hmm. you haven't had like any, you know, really catastrophic failures, you right. know, that will wreck everything. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Little do you know. <laughs> 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 so um, yeah. No, this book was filled with real people, which was my ultimate takeaway. Yeah, you know, so
0: yeah, Lisa Hannawalt on the back of this book calls Eleanor Davis a bullshit antidote, which I love so much. I like that. There's so many opportunities in this book to like any of these people could be two dimensional just by the description of the character, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm 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 gonna go protest the man right i have a i have an image in my head like i'm a i'm a stoner dude that wants to grow my own food you know i'm whatever like there it's so easy to take any of this stuff at face value and uh, and you could probably tell the exact same story with sure. those characters right. like beat for beat mm-hmm. and uh none nobody is right and nobody's wrong and everybody's heart is in the right and wrong places at the exact same time yeah and you get that so effectively
1: well and you just you feel like there is a happy ending and and the eleanor davis's version of a happy ending is um people kind of navigating their way through all that shit yeah you know everything's not awesome the house isn't you know built everything isn't Great, yeah, you know, and perfect or whatever, and tied up in a nice, neat little package at the end. It's hey, we we wiggled our way down the road, yeah, and some shit happened. And some of it was pretty intense or whatever, and shitty or or good, and, right?
0: And yeah. you think about the future, the hard tomorrow, and you think about you know, you try to do it with empathy and with good intentions, and like everything else is also important. That's not to say that this other uh-huh. stuff isn't important, but that is not enough to you know. It, it's not just enough to go to the protest, but it's so important to go to the protest. Right. But you got to think about all all the stuff. Yeah. It bended my brain right around. It's, man. It's, I, I really, really enjoyed it.
1: I'm so glad I I finally read an Eleanor Davis book. But like, people have been literally like, for the last couple of years, I've just really slept on yeah, uh, her as a as a creator, and I.
0: I sleep no more. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I am awake. And we did not get into like the, the big climax of this book. Um, the the Some really kind of important elements that tie the entire thing together, I think really, really perfectly. It's worth reading for the ending of this book. Mm-hmm. It ends perfectly. I highly, highly recommend The Hard Tomorrow.
1: From Eleanor Davis. Eleanor Davis. And Drawn in Quarterly is uh, who publishes a handsome little hardcover. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Cool. Dig it. I dig it, and I don't. I think that I don't think we can top it. I think we should just call it, dude. Let's call it, man. Before Wait. we leave, do you have any? Do you have a quick recommendo for just a, me? Just
1: a super fast one. Uh, uh, so it's the month of October, so I only watch scary movies, and I rewatched a classic that I think uh, everyone should know about. It's called Tucker and Dale versus Evil, mm-hmm. and uh, it's this guy Alan Tudyk who I think is super super funny. He was in Firefly. Which is a, It's like
0: the pilot in Firefly, right? He
1: is, yes. He's Walsh. There mm-hmm. you go. That's his name in Firefly. And uh this just subverts like the classic genre, uh horror genre that is um college kids go camping and get murdered by um cannibal hillbillies. So it's kind of a comedy. I mean it's a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh cool. Clever. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's worth a worth a looky loo. Yeah. Nick, what about you?
0: Um the new season of Slowburn is out. This is a Slate podcast, and each season they do like a retrospective on a topic, but they do new research and interviews. Yeah, and and they like do interviews with the principal players, like people that were actively involved in the thing. Oh, so the first two seasons were political; they were about Watergate and the Clinton impeachment, and they're fantastic. Okay, like they're really really good. And the third season is about the unsolved murders of uh, Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur. Hey, and it's hosted; they have a new host. It's by Joel Anderson. It's the first episode is out as of this recording and okay. it's fantastic
1: do you recommend going all the way back just start at the beginning or you, you if pick you
0: your interest pick your topic of mm-hmm. interest they're all great though you can't go wrong uh, it. but uh highly recommend it it's also the this newest season also is about like hip-hop in the 90s and about the business and culture of hip-hop in addition to being like little mini biographies about those two artists dig it it's really really good all right And that's going to do it for us. Curtis, thank you so much, bud.
1: Hey, right back at you, my friend. Happy
0: happy November. Hey,
1: thank you, dude. It's November now.
0: Yeah, it is. Isn't
1: that weird? 2019, we're hurtling towards 2020. And I cannot wait to say that all the time, for real.
0: You're going to say it all the time. I don't know if
1: I said this to you, but 2020 sounds like the future. I
0: know. I know you you think that.
1: I feel that way. Is it just going to be like now, though? It's going to be just like now. We'll get it like an iPhone 13, and then we'll call it good. Yep. (laughs)
0: Yep. All right. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. Our show is over, and it's edited by Aaron Polk. Our music is created by A-Bomb. Super Skull is recorded every week at the Ann Arbor District Library.
1: Please subscribe, download, and review the Super Skull Show on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify and Stitcher. And uh, do us a favor and tell, shout it from the rooftops, Super Skull Show. Listen to it.
0: Yeah, why not? Or shout it from Twitter, from Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, You can also find us on our website, superskullshow.com. That's how you can find us. Super Skull is brought to you by Vault of Midnight Earth's finest comic books and stuff and podcasts since 1996 My name is Nick Wybar and I'm Curtis Sullivan and we wish you very good reading until next week